podcast whores and welcome to Horse for Whore. That's Kayla. Hi. And I'm Mariah. <laughs> and this week we are doing Strange Disappearances. <laughs> which is going to be fun was, and exciting. Too exciting of a noise. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that was sad. Oh, I'm going first. And I'm going to be doing the Springfield 3. You ever heard of it? Oh, I remember you telling me about it last week, but no, I don't know anything about it other than that. So I am from Buffalo, Missouri, which is like just like 30 minutes north of Springfield. And Springfield is considered like our city. And when we go like school shopping and everything, we go to Springfield. So I'm like very familiar with the area and the case. Honestly, honestly, I can remember basically hometown (laughs) yeah this is like my hometown I can remember being like 15 I think and I first heard about the Springfield 3 and I was like what the fuck is that and then the more I read into it I was like oh my god no one ever told me about this really that's when I realized I like true crime was probably like 15 I think my first like true crime I mean like we've watched it our whole lives basically because like Dateline and all that other crap. Forensic files. Yeah, we only had, like, a few channels growing up, but when I heard about the West Memphis 3. Oh, yeah. That's when I was like, what? You're like, wait, hold on. The system's corrupt. Oh, yeah. Don't give a fuck about me. Yeah, definitely the Memphis 3 is when I realized, yeah, they don't care. Yeah, what kills me about the West Memphis West Memphis 3 also is that they were like, oh, they're in a satanic cult. They wear this. They yeah. do this. But, and I was like, it's from Hot Topic. Exactly. We love that shit. Yeah. That <laughs> satanic like, oh, panic, man, hit him hard. It's so, it's so crazy that it was just such a thing. Like, Yeah. Relax. And once, like, the criminal justice system has its claws in you, it just does not let fucking go. That's why yeah, when people was, when people are like, yeah, I'll talk to the police if they come. No. I'm like, I won't say shit, Even man. Even if you're innocent. No. If someone, if they come to me and they want to talk to me, am I under arrest? Yeah. Am I being detained? No, I'm, I'm gonna not I'm going to go. Yeah. And if I get put in an interrogation room, whether I've done something or not, I'm not saying anything. What I'm saying is lawyer. That's yeah. That's it. Nothing more. I'm not saying anything. I just, I can't. I'm so sorry. I have read and watched and listened to so many things and like. There are so many people that I believe are innocent, and they were trying to be helpful towards the police, thinking that, oh, I didn't do this, so if they follow the leads, they'll know that I'm innocent. Yeah, they'll know. They just fucking sink their claws into you, and you're done. And once they have you as, like, their main suspect, and they want it to be you. It is so hard for people to get out of jail, because, like, how many people have exhausted their appeals even though they're innocent? Yeah. Yeah, it's fucked up, dude. It is. So, no, I will not be saying anything. I told Travis that the other day because I was listening to some podcast about or some show about this lady. Remember I was telling you the Doctrine of Chances? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, as she was trying to be helpful and she was signing things and she was just helping the cops. Even her lawyer told her to, and I was like, Bad lawyer. I'm helping you. If you think I've done something, you come to me with 100% evidence. 100%. I'm not helping you. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, it's... That shit's too risky, man. Yeah. And the justice system does not give a fuck about no, anybody. No, they don't. And the moment... Because they have to tell you that you're... And a lot of cops will tell you. 
you're not under arrest. You're free Leave. to go at any time. We just want to talk to you. My ass is going to go. Yeah. Keep going. I like, would stand bye. up as soon as they say that and be like, all right, see ya. Like, I get that you have a job to do and you might be the best cop in the world, but until you come to me with evidence and proof and CCTV and text messages and location data and like, they'll give you that evidence if they're trying to get you to confess. Uh huh. And you did it. So, like, and false confessions are very real yes, and so very prevalent. You wait, you wait for them to lay out the evidence. You let them convince you <laughs> yeah, yeah. you've done it. <laughs> and then don't say shit. And don't say shit. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so PSA, basically what we're saying is don't talk to the fucking cops, dude. Don't. Even don't, if you're innocent. Don't. There are so many people who have actually gotten caught. Because other people talk to the cops, and I'm like, you're a third party, like... Yeah. Sit at home, Angela, what are you doing? (laughs) Sit at home? No, seriously. Not that, like, people should get away with crimes, but, like... (laughs) It's it's also, it shows that the criminal justice system is so bad. If, like, most of your convictions are coming from other people, where if they had never said a word to the cops, so many people would have gotten away with so many things. It really is really bad. And as a criminology major, I can say that it's bad. And I would never speak to the cops, ever. Yeah, don't, don't. Yeah, when I was studying criminal justice, I was just like, I did a 180. Because I was like, oh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. And then I started, like, looking into stuff, and I was like, I can't, I can't do this. Like, it gives me so much anxiety <laughs> to look at this shit. And, like, when you see the statistics, like, when people are like, oh, you know, black and brown people don't have it worse. No, they 100% they do. They absolutely do. And the criminal justice do. system is out for them. Like, yep. fucking done. Yep. There are so many African Americans that have been put in jail, are still in jail for stupid-ass crimes, where white people have been released or not arrested. Let's talk about, you know, what's-his-nuts in the fucking football gang who decided to rape girls and put it all over his social media and basically admitted to it, but we don't want to mess up his life. But if he had been black... Oh, my God. And he'd he just been accused. Penalty, probably. Yeah, and not even like, proven, just accused. Yeah, what's that? What's the movie? Is it The Green Mile? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Pissed me off when I watched that. I love that actor, too. He, he's very good. The criminal justice system is not your friend, everybody. Nope. Nope. Nobody's friend. Nobody's friend. Uh, Nobody. But especially if you're black and brown, it is not your fucking 100%. friend. 100%. 100%. Don't say anything. Don't move. Don't say anything. <laughs> Get a lawyer. That's all you gotta do. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so my case <laughs> is still unsolved, and there's not gonna be any closure. So feel free to just rage throughout this whole episode, okay? Good. That's what I need this (laughs) week. I am full of rage. (laughs) Okay. June 6th, 1992 began as an exciting day for 17-year-old Susie Streeter and 18-year-old Stacy McCall. I wasn't born. Me neither. (laughs) (laughs) I was cooking. God, my mom was still in high school in 1992. Yeah, I was cooking. Yeah, I had four more years to go. I had, I had five more months to go. Oh, yeah, so you were actually in the womb. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so both girls had just graduated from K-12 
Kickapoo High School, which is Ooh. also the same high school that Brad Pitt graduated from, everybody. Represent. Ooh, fun fact. Yeah. Also, it reminds me of uh, Floribama Shore, where they mix that, that, you can tell what I watch, where they mix that alcohol from, where is he from, South Carolina? It's called Kookapoo. Kookapoo? <laughs> they just dump, they dump liquor in, like, this giant igloo cooler. Ew. That you're supposed to put ice in and drinks, they just dump the liquid in there and they just scoop it up. It's called kookapoo. Ew. This is not good. (laughs) (laughs) Watch Floribama Shore if you want drama. Actually, so funny story. One time um, when I worked in St. Louis, one of my coworkers and I, we didn't have anything to do for the day. So we watched 12 hours of Florida Bama Shore and we just were like sitting in the chairs just like watching it <laughs> the new season is just like it's like I think we left that day and like both of us were like yeah we lost brain cells today absolutely you have to. but it, it's like you you physically can't keep no them. yeah I love trash tv though and it's it's very yeah. trashy if anyone else likes trash tv it's fucking trashy oh, yeah. Florida Bama Shore straight trash uh love after lockup That'll hook you. Oh, I haven't um. seen that one. Love after lockup. <laughs> My oh, dad watches shit. that with his wife. Jesus. <laughs> they love it. It comes on their TV and they're like, oh shit, what are these? <laughs> I think um, it's so funny. Mob Wives. Did you ever watch that? My mom watched it a lot and I would watch it with her. Did you watch Love is Blind? No, I didn't. But um, I saw that Netflix is doing like a, like a special that's like, after love is blind or whatever like i just want to have the couples I'm watching together. it now love is blind is pretty cute it's uh there's one girl in there that's kind of toxic and so that's where the drama comes she's from. with the young and guy then, right yeah and then after yeah i'm like a couple episodes in and it is just fucking dramatic i think i've watched like three episodes and even i was like oh this is a little too much yeah, it's it's pretty drastic. It's like a 180 from the first season. The first season was supposed to be nice and wholesome and yeah, you don't like you don't judge each other off of the looks. It's all and the- if they do it correctly, then yeah, it works and it works for like it worked for two of them. They're really cute. Huh, might have to start but that again. <laughs> uh, so anyway, the girls had plans to celebrate that night because, like I said earlier, they just graduated. Stacy had plans to attend uh, Missouri State University. Which is where I studied, represent again. (laughs) And Susie planned to study cosmetology just like her mother, Cheryl. I need to study cosmetology. Yeah, you make a lot of money, especially during recessions, because people are like, oh, I don't have very much money. What do I want to do with what I have? Treat myself. So that's like one of the only professions that does really good in recessions. Because I'm definitely like that. I'm like, ah, oh, I need a change. Like, I'm so stressed and upset. Let me go get, like, a massage. You have to. You have to. Or you're just going to be this giant ball of, like, knots and stress and worry. Yeah, exactly. I hate it. Like, I like treating myself. Me too. A little too much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If I could have me days all the time, I would. Yeah. If only that was just my job. Somebody fund me, please. Somebody pay me to be an influencer. That's what mm, I really like. No. No, I don't want to be. Oh, speaking of that, I don't want to be like famous ish esque. I don't want to. I don't want that. Oh, I want like a healthy level. Like if the podcast gets famous, obviously I'll just do it. But whatever. Yeah. Just be nice, okay? Because make our podcast famous. Self esteem. Help us out. Okay. (laughs) We should be nice to each other. Oh, but delicate flower. But speaking of that, we do upload 
images for every episode to our Instagram, which is horse for whore. We do. And then, do. what else was I going to say about it? I mean, you can follow our, our personal ones, too, because we're linked on Yeah. But also, we're thinking about streaming the episodes. The only problem is you guys will see how stupid we are because we're not going to be able to edit as good. Mm-hmm. So We'll actually have to like do our hair, too. Cause yeah, we can't just roll out of bed that. anymore. <laughs> I know. That's what I like about her. I'm like, I got the podcast to record. Yeah. I just get coffee, and I'm still in pajamas. And then I go straight back to my bed. <laughs> I mean... You can kind of do that. We just have to, like... From, like, the chest up, up a bit. has to look yeah. nice. <laughs> like, yeah. So let us know what you guys think about that and follow our Instagram. Yeah. We're really trying here. We want to make this, like, a fun and inviting space for everybody. Yes. If you guys have, like, critiques or something you like, something you don't like, something you want to see, like... Yeah. We're down. We also want to go yeah. on a haunted trip. Yeah yeah so listen to those ads send us on a haunted trip (laughs) well we haven't even been putting the ads in oh yeah that's true venmo us some money and then so we're trying to keep the ads so that we can get better ads for you instead of just anchor we just don't have any right now like we should get ads for like and i want it to be viagra no <laughs> no i want it to be stuff that we actually use you know that would be nice and like we yeah, use anchor like, yeah we do and so advertising that is completely fine because that is how we get our podcast to you yeah i don't want to advertise something that we don't use like it's really stupid because you can't really attest to it so yeah it would be nice if it's like products that we use or like we want to try and then we go get it so anyway all wine. all that to say wine yes <laughs> <laughs> If you're listening. But all that to say is, like, we're really trying, and we really hope that you guys like it and stick around because we do love and appreciate all of you. Yes. And now we'll stop being Absolutely. sappy and get back to my story. Yeah. Let me find my spot. Oh, there it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I do that all the time. So the night that they were last seen, which was June 6th, the girls attended multiple graduation parties, and they had a close mutual friend named Janelle Kirby. Janelle. Which I actually like that name, kind of. It is cute. Uh, The three girls originally had plans to drive down to Branson, Missouri, which if you're not familiar, it's like probably like an hour and a half south of Springfield. And if you watched Scream, the TV series, you know. Yeah. It's part of that. There you go. Um, Because they were going to Branson, because they were going to Whitewater Park the next day. Isn't that like... A more upscale area. Yes, Branson is um, very rich for Missouri. It's like a, mm-hmm. it has Silver Dollar City, Whitewater Park. Like a lot of old people vacation there. Is it Whitewater like the? Is it? Is it like? A, it's like a Six Flags kind of like a smaller, cheaper like, Six Flags. I so we have Whitewater near where I'm. I'm from. sure it's a, so. Is it? Like, the chain? Yes. Or is it, like, this weird, like, wow world or fun land or whatever it's the a chain. this place is up here? <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, it's, like, the chain of whitewater parks and then Silver Dollar City. Like, it's a big amusement park there. But, yeah, okay. it is very upscale. A lot of people retire there. They vacation. Mm. It's all old people. So it's, like, the Hamptons for us. The Hamptons Not of really. Missouri. <laughs> which to be considered the Hamptons of Missouri you probably have like a $300,000 home and you fucking made it 
No, 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 no. Uh, to be the Hamptons of Missouri, you have a $3 million No, home. you think they're there $3 million? There are $300,000 homes around me that are garbage. Yeah, but that's St. Louis. We're talking out in the boonies. The Hamptons in the boonies. Oh, okay. maybe. Because Branson's yeah. small. It. It's not, like, huge like St. Louis. It's pretty small. Oh, we used it? to play them in softball and beat them all the time, so... Softball team's Dang, not that good. She called you out. <laughs> okay, anyway. So instead of driving to Branson, the girls were responsible. And they said, hey, we're too fucked up. We got to stay here in town, and then we'll just go to Branson Ooh. in the morning, you know? Ooh. Been there, done that. Making decisions. <laughs> uh, so they, all three of them tried to stay at Janelle's house. However, members of Janelle's family were there and so there was no room for the two additional girls Susie and Stacy what you mean sleep on the floor I know that's what I would have done especially in the 90s like come on yeah we slept on the floor all the time yeah pallets you literally do pallets but yeah Susie and Stacy were like nah fuck that apparently we don't want to sleep on the floor we're drunk as hell we're gonna go back to Susie's house where her mom Cheryl was staying you can't like jump in the bed with the third girl like listen i don't know maybe these girls are weird okay you obviously don't know how to do the 90s like, <laughs> we were sleeping on floors we were sleeping on couches right? we were curled up in a freaking ball we were sleeping like, on trampolines and, like we were yeah like we were sleeping under trampolines <laughs> like what are you what are you doing what are you there's doing? always Let's room sleep. oh yeah okay so again cheryl is Susie's mom and cheryl is 47 years old okay all right so the next morning on June 7th, Janelle, who, you know, they didn't stay at her house, blah, 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 um, showed up at her house, or at Susie and Stacy's, where they were staying with her boyfriend to get the girls. Okay. So they arrived at 8 a.m. to pick up the girls, and they found the three vehicles outside of the house. Susie's car, Stacy's car, and Cheryl's car. So all of the women's cars are there, and they think, cool, they're just going to be in there. Okay. The couple goes to go inside, and they note that the glass lamp, like the porch light, was broken. Mm. Not necessarily... Not creepy. Suspicious. Yeah. yeah. It's just kind of like, oh, that's weird. And that the front door yeah. was unlocked. Also not necessarily suspicious in the 90s. 90s in Springfield, Missouri? Come on. Yeah. Um. So Janelle and her man, they go inside, and they start to notice some really weird things. Okay. So the first thing is that... All of the women's belongings are inside. So this includes their purses, keys, makeup, clothing, and cigarettes. And that's important because Susie and Cheryl were known chain smokers. Yeah, I mean... And they were always smoking. So you would go, like, with your cigarettes. Yeah, if you forgot your cigarettes, you'd have a bad day. Yeah. Second, Susie's dog, Cinnamon, which that is just the cutest name. Cinnamon? Was found locked in the bathroom. Uh, okay. So they take note of these things. They let the dog out. The boyfriend and Janelle, they were like, oh no, this could really make Cheryl upset, so let's like clean up the glass for them. Which I'm like, hey, that's a really nice thing to do. I wouldn't automatically so... assume a crime scene. Okay, so the glass on the porch, porch. is what they're talking about. Yeah. So the glass it is up. actually broken and on the porch. Yeah. Okay. Weird. And yeah, so he swept weird. it up. Okay. Thinking like, oh, I'm helping out, you know? Yeah. So next, Janelle notices that there's some, um, like the phone is ringing, you know? Like their home phone, because it's yeah. the 90s. Yeah. And so she answers it, and the dude immediately starts making sexual innuendos at her. 
She hangs up, is creeped out, and as soon as she hangs up, the guy calls again and starts making sexual remarks at her. Also, not that weird for the 90s. Yeah, I feel like... A lot of people did that shit. Yeah, prank calling, you know? Yeah, and back-to-back, too. They constantly do that. So they hang up, they're creeped out, and they leave. And they think, okay, maybe they just, like, ran to the store really quick... Don't know why they wouldn't take their purses. We'll catch up with them later. So they leave. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they didn't so, take the rest of the house? They Apparently they like called out for them and no one answered. So then they were like, all right, let's just leave. Let's leave because we're creeped I'd out. I checked the rest of the house. Me too. First of all, I would not be leaving until I found someone, especially with all their belongings. But hey, the 90s, you know. Latchkey kids, whatever the fuck. So, just a few hours after Janelle and her man arrived, Stacy's mother, whose name is Janice, who was probably like, yo, where the fuck is my kid? Why didn't she call me? She said she was going to call me. She hasn't. Goes to Susie's house. So, she goes inside. She notices that the purses are all on the living room floor and begins searching the other rooms. Okay. And she gets to Susie's room and sees all of her daughter's clothing, like, folded up on top of the sandals near the waterbed. Which is like a waterbed, dude. 90s. It's, yeah, again, the the 90s. 90s. (laughs) She also takes notes of the cigarettes, gets freaked out because, like I said, the two of them were super big chain smokers. And then Janice claims that she got like a very strange feeling that, like, you know, only mothers get Mm -hmm. and immediately calls the police. Okay, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm suspicious of like the first couple. Janelle and whatever boyfriend. I I couldn't find her boyfriend's name, whatever his name is. Mm -hmm. And so, when she hangs up with the cops after telling them, like, hey, gotta get over here, she notices that there's, like, um, a voicemail on their, like, answering machine, you know? Okay. So, she plays it back and describes it as, quote, strange. Okay. She claims that she can't remember any of the voicemail, and the machine was automatically set up to, like, delete the messages once they were played so it's never been recovered that reminds me of um i bet you nowadays they could recover it but in the 90s definitely not that reminds me of like doctor who in like not the old old ones from like the 70s but the ones that when they started to remake them again with the Mm -hmm. first blonde girl as a sidekick and they have like this and they have like this weird thing happening to where like if you look if you see things out of the corners of your eyes they're actually there but the moment you turn and face them head on they have this thing where it like erases your memory of them wow. and then you're just kind of standing there so you know how you go into a room and you stand there and you go what was i doing like it's uh-huh. supposed to be like you saw one of those things wow like, your memory that's what it reminds me of that's creepy it's like something on the machine that just like she heard it and then she was it erased her memory erased yeah. yeah that's what it makes me think of yeah, because she can't describe it any way other than being like, it was just, like, really weird. And if it was really that weird, you would remember. I also feel like, you know, she thinks her daughter's missing, so I bet her mind is just, like, racing, and she's like, that's a weird fucking voicemail, whatever, and, like, moves on and is like, where's my fucking kid, you know? Yeah, pro- yeah, that's probably true. Um, But yeah, so completely erased, you know? I hate those voicemail machines that are set up to, like, erase after you yeah. record it. Like, Yeah, I don't think that they are around well they shouldn't be around anymore but i would think you can set it that way but back in 92 you know it was like the standard this is what you get yeah page me or don't 
Okay, so just to put it into perspective, Janice made the phone call to police 16 hours after the girls were last seen leaving Janelle's house by Janelle. Yeah, because they left to go home to sleep, so that's probably like, what, five to eight hours? Yeah. And then whenever, like, from 8 a.m., Janelle came over, and they didn't say anything, and then what time is it when Mom came over? It's just a couple hours later. There's no, like, official, like, like, this is when. At least half of that is them sleeping. Yeah. Also at this time, worried friends and family had gotten word about the women being missing, and so they'd been coming and going from the house, like, trying to help with things. So it also tainted the crime scene. And so the police show up. They start the little investigation, you know, and they immediately become worried. So there's no signs of forced entry besides the shattered light, which we don't even know if that's related, but that's already been cleaned up. So, like, any evidence that was there is gone. So I wonder if, like, the shattered light was someone came and their porch light was on and they wanted to, like... Make it dark? Yeah, hide their features. Because, I mean, in the 90s, you're probably not locking your door anyway, so there's not, not going to be forced entry. Yeah, but they your just had to, like, make it dark. too, so, yeah. So maybe that was it. Like, he, she, it, whatever. Yeah. Broke the light and maybe, like, feigned like they needed help. I don't know. Yeah, something horrible. I mean, something bad drunk, clearly so. happened. Yeah. Yeah, so the two young ones are definitely intoxicated, but the mom. followed them. Right? Anyway, so, they were also worried because by all appearances, Susie and Stacy had gotten ready for bed, okay? Mm-hmm. So, there were damp washcloths in the bathroom that they'd obviously used to, like, remove their yes. makeup. Wash your face before bed. Right? It's part of adulting, man. Once you got that face routine down, you're an adult. They also had jewelry that they'd, like, set on the sink that they were, like, you know, taking off so they could go to bed. Mm-hmm. Their purses, IDs, keys, and money were all found sitting on the stairs. The dog was in the house. The TV was turned on. Like, they'd just been, like, sitting there watching it. And Cheryl, the mom, her bed appeared to have been slept in with her eyeglasses sitting, like, on the nightstand next to an open book. Mm -hmm. And an untouched graduation cake was in the fridge. So, like, they obviously, like, had plans for the next day. Like, they were meeting with their friends. They Mm -hmm. had a cake to celebrate, like... They wouldn't have just, like, left, you know? Yeah. yeah. And nothing but the three women appeared to have been, like, disturbed or untouched or missing from the home. So, like, obviously something happened and the, like, the person was there only for the women, you know? Yeah. So the officers immediately start to interview friends and family as well as neighbors just to, like, gather any tips or leads that they have. And one of the tips they received came from Cheryl's neighbor, who told the police that the same night the women disappeared, his car was also stolen. But don't get too excited, because days later, the car was found and determined not to be connected. No idea how you determine that, but apparently it wasn't connected. Well, if it's not connected, it means that you solved it, right? Yeah. Well, what the fuck happened? No idea. Didn't even research that part. I said, great, not connected, move on. There's a lot to go over. See, this is, this is why I probably couldn't be a cop, because I would, I would definitely, like, until I know who stole that car, I'm not going to say it's not connected. I'm not going to yeah. say it's connected, but I'm not going to say it's not connected. I don't know. They could, they might know who it was, Yeah, and maybe. they investigated it, yeah. Yeah. Literally did not look that up, so. But we're just taking their word for it right now. Yeah. I wouldn't. 
Um, so later, a waitress at Cheryl's favorite restaurant told the police mm-hmm. that she'd seen the three women between 1 and 3 a.m., but when investigators asked other people that had been working that night, nobody could agree with that claim. So no idea if they were there, if they weren't there. But if this is, like, Cheryl's favorite restaurant, you would think that the waitress would, like, recognize her, you know? But then also, if they were going there, they would have taken their, like, keys, purses. Because you can smoke in restaurants in the 90s. So maybe they were there and then something happened to them, like, after. But just because she says she saw them doesn't mean they ate there and sat down. So they might, Well, she said she saw them in the restaurant. But were they just passing by? Or were they in for an extended period of time? Yeah, no idea. But no one else claims that they did, saw them, whatever. Well, I mean, if it's between 1 and 3 a.m., how many people are working? Right, and, like, how, but also, how many customers do you have? Like, when I worked overnight at McDonald's, like, I knew exactly who came in because I had five customers all night. Yeah, you're not going to have that you know? many people in there. You're not going to have that many people working. And there's probably, like, one or two people awake, and the other people are just sleeping in the back, so. And so if they said, like, hey, did these two hot blonde girls and a mom come in? Like, boy, I definitely remember yeah, those I two like hot you young girls. No. So who knows? That waitress may have just been thinking of another night. Three who girls knows? by themselves in the 90s? Yeah, well, Cheryl was a little bit older, so she's like the mom. But she is the mom. I don't know why I said like the mom. She's like a mom. (laughs) She could be a mom. (laughs) Um, So another suspect that was investigated was Susie's brother, Bart. So he had a known substance abuse problem, and when he drank, he would often become violent. In fact, he and Susie had previously lived together in an apartment, but she moved back in with her mother after an intense argument ended with them, like, screaming at each other and Bart throwing shit at Susie. Okay. So let's just, like, yes, he has a substance abuse problem. That doesn't mean that he's done anything. Yeah, it doesn't mean he killed And them. yes, yeah. they've gotten into, like, a screaming match before and he might have thrown something, but that doesn't mean he did anything. No. And at the I house, would definitely investigate him, though. Yeah, investigate him, but, like, don't hook on to him just because he has some substance abuse problem. It's a problem. It doesn't mean he's a criminal. Yeah, so he told the police he'd spent the night unconscious on his own couch, which was confirmed by his girlfriend and a neighbor. Also, he passed a polygraph, so the police officially cleared him as a suspect. So he is like, PSA, never take a polygraph. Pseudoscience, can't convict you on it. So if you're keeping notes at home, don't talk to the cops, don't talk to the fuzz, and don't take a poly. Bam, PSA. That's everything I learned my four years of school. Yeah, do not volunteer <laughs> Don't talk any to information. <laughs> do not answer their questions. Do not take a polygraph. If they have you, they'll let you know. They will show you the evidence. I'm not trying to help people get away with crimes, but, like, I'm trying to help the innocent not get put in jail. Because I'd rather criminals be out on the street because of this and not innocent people in jail than the other way around. Like, I just, I'm sorry, like... Especially since a lot of states still have the death penalty, which is why, like, you know, a whole nother chan- tangent, just to keep it short, don't agree with the death penalty because you have to, bl- in order to kill someone, there has to be, like, every person you've ever executed has to be guilty, you know? And that's just not, we know that we innocent know that people have been murdered. The, yes, that's not the case. Therefore, the death penalty, like, it automatically, like, it's just, what's that It's called? morally and legally wrong, in my opinion. 
Yeah, but like if you if your whole case against having the death penalty or whole case for having the death penalty is that every person we've executed as a whole in the United States has to be guilty, we've already fucked up. Therefore, it just should crumble by itself. We do not have enough of a foolproof system to be killing people. Exactly. When people are still being exonerated today, yeah, it's not not foolproof. And people enough. should be exonerated aren't being exonerated because they've exhausted their appeals. Yeah. Telling you guys, not your fucking friend. Evidence is evidence, no matter when it yeah. comes about. And the fact that they have to wait so long in between appeals is bullshit. Like, I could find evidence after my first appeal and still have to wait three to six years, right? That's bullshit. I'm free. I Like, I'm innocent. Yeah. Right? Fucking garbage. You would think. But anyway, so, the next suspect <laughs> in this case was Susie's ex-boyfriend, Dustin Reckla. So, a few months before they disappeared, Susie had broken up with Dustin because he'd been arrested for vandalizing a cemetery. Not just vandalizing, mind you, for literally grave robbing. These, okay, yeah, that's a good These good courses, call, Susie. Break up with that bitch. <laughs> Thank you, Susie. <laughs> yeah, I'd look at him, too. <laughs> yeah. So, Dustin and his accomplice, who was a man named Mike Clay... They, you know, dug up these graves, took all the jewelry off these people, and attempted to sell it later. And Susie had provided the police with information that led to them being charged with the crime. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the police were like, oh, does he have, like, a vengeance? And then he made them disappear. Like, what is it? What is it? So, anyway, they called the two men for que- They called the two men in for questioning, and when they interviewed Mike, who was his accomplice, Dustin's accomplice... Mm-hmm. Mike said that he hoped that the three women were dead. Well, which Mike, obviously you're, you're a real stand-up guy. And so the police said, the fuck? And so later, when asked about this in another interview, Mike said that he simply said that because he didn't like the person interviewing him. Okay, Mike, if you're going to make up shit and say that you simply said it because, like, just say you simply said it because, like, you wish you know you were upset intervention would have happened like not that you necessarily want to kill them but like and come up with a better excuse my guy from like you said oh i wish this person was dead like i'm not gonna do it but like i kind of hope you know whatever i get that they fucked me i want to fuck them yeah Yeah. totally get it i want somebody else to fuck them i don't right (laughs) right okay like i get that but like oh yeah i'll just said that because i didn't like the person interviewing me i was just upset that day yeah no sir So no other leads about the two men have ever been revealed to the public, and I could not find if they're still on the suspect list. So I don't even know who the suspects are at this point. Totally, they just get dropped. Well, is he white? I believe they were, yeah. (laughs) It's just boys being boys. It's just locker room talk, you know? So next, a woman who is living in a neighborhood just about a mile away from Susie and Cheryl told the investigators that on June 7th, at 6.30 a.m., she saw a van being driven by Susie. And okay. when Susie, when she saw Susie driving, Susie appeared to have been crying heavily, and the woman heard a man say, don't do anything stupid to mm. Susie. Look at that. Look at that. The woman said that she only recognized Susie after the, as the driver after she saw, like, the missing persons posters around town. Yeah. Um, the witness gave, like, a detailed description of the van, and the police bought an identical one, which they displayed in the public asking for any tips. 
And despite receiving many calls and like searching all these people that own the same types of vans, no evidence was ever turned up on this. Hmm. Okay. So another suspect in this case was a man named Robert Cox. So Robert was convicted in 1988 of abducting and murdering a woman named Sharon Zellers. Okay. Yeah. So he was placed on death row, but the ruling was overturned by the Florida Supreme Court, and Robert Robert only ended up serving 18 months before he was released to California, where he was already serving another sentence for abducting and assaulting a woman. So, like, he got released by Florida, and he went to prison in California. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So when 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 did he get arrested in florida like was he arrested during the times of like their disappearance or was he well or was he out well in 1992 he was paroled and returned to his hometown of you guessed it springfield missouri oh man and so that's pretty compelling yeah and so sharon's family sharon who the fuck is sharon Susie's family is the one who girly kidnapped (laughs) no stacy cheryl Susie, and stacy Right? Yeah, yeah, but it is, Sharon, yeah, no Sharon. the other girl. Oh, <laughs> Sharon Zeller, yeah. Okay, so Sharon, Susie's Susie, family, Stacey, though. Sharon, There's a lot of S's. <laughs> so Susie's family is the one who made this connection after talking with Sharon's family about Robert being present in Springfield and the women disappearing. It's like the police okay. didn't even put this together. The well, families yeah, they're not came gonna. together. They're not getting yeah. You think somebody getting paid to put two and two together is going to put two and two together? <laughs> Definitely not. So Robert was employed as a utilities worker at the time the women went missing, which mm. is a job that could have easily allowed him to, like, come into, like, so someone's home. utilities, like, maybe lighting? Right. And so he could have came, like, knocked on the door at, like, okay, so that person saw them driving away in a van at 630. Uh, He could have came and said, oh, my God, there's, like, a huge emergency. I need you to come with me. Like, you need to get out of the house now. Listen, mm -hmm. if that happened to me at Mm -hmm. 6 o'clock, I'd be like, you're a fucking worker. You know what you're talking about. See you. Let's go. Yeah, I'll go with you. Yeah, and, like, they're going to leave their stuff. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to leave the dog. Oh, see, that's, that's the only thing is the dog. But... Robert had also previously been employed by Stacy's father. And uh-huh. Stacy, Stacy would often visit her father at work, so it's possible that Robert saw her there okay. and then planned to abduct her. Mm-hmm. And then broke her light and then said, hey, you know me. Get in this, yeah. Your dad told me to come down here. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, he also had it. Oh, anyway. He had an alibi for the time the woman went missing, which was initially corroborated by his then-girlfriend, but she later retracted her statement saying she lied. Yeah, but which time are you lying, lady? Like, come on. Yeah. Stop. Just stop. Stop lying. Stop talking, really. (laughs) So when the police caught wind of all this, you know, the family comes up and they say, yo, look at this shit. Yeah. The Springfield police went to Texas where Robert was currently serving a life sentence for armed robbery. So this dude is just, like, an Man, upstanding citizen, you know? Florida kidnapping, <laughs> California kidnapping. Murder? Shit's going down yeah. in Missouri. Now he's in Texas. Like, and I get wanting to move. 
I've yeah, lived totally. In Georgia. I've lived in Tennessee. I've but lived crime in follows him everywhere he goes. He's yeah, obviously a horrible human. Oh yeah, like he's been convicted. Yeah. Of kidnapping and murdering. An armed robbery. But okay, but I get it. Like, so even if you do this and then you get out, right? Maybe I wouldn't you're stay reformed. There. I wouldn't stay in that city either. Yeah. So I'd move. Yeah. Um. So, in an interview with a local TV station, Robert said that he knew the three women were dead and said that the perpetrator, quote, had experience and knew what they were doing. How do you know they're dead when we don't know they're dead? Right? So, the police. know something we don't know. Exactly. So, the Springfield police. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, okay, Ted Bundy, Jesus Christ, what are you trying to do? I'm going to ask some deep (laughs) questions here. Yeah. So the Springfield police admitted they didn't know if he was actually involved or was just, like, toying with them. Yeah. But Robert, he was brought in front of a grand jury, and they showed, like, all this evidence saying, hey, he was here, but he was not indicted. Okay. And to this day, right? But to this day, Robert claims he knows exactly what happened to the women and that he will disclose the information once his mommy dies. I don't know if his mommy's dead or what, but once she dies, I mean, apparently I he's going to tell she us. She already knows you're a little shit at this point. Come you on, might yeah. as well just, like, yeah, he's probably just toying with them, though. You're he obviously a bad human. Attention, yeah. And honestly, if you want attention and, like, you probably There's should a better disclose way to do it, it so that mommy can give you some more attention. You're, you already were convicted of murdering a woman. Like, come on. Just, you, mommy's not going to be shocked at this point. Yeah, you know? she's not. She knows. She knows. She wasn't shocked to begin with. She knows. Yeah. <laughs> Mother always him. know. <laughs> she knows what kind of a shit he is. <laughs> exactly. So the police, like, in order to, like, help streamline tips, they set up phone lines, you know. And one of the tips that they received over and over again mm-hmm. is that the women were murdered and buried in the foundation of the South Parking Garage at Cox Hospital, which I've been to. Oh, that's a hard one to dig up. <laughs> you're gonna have to have a lot of evidence in order to get that dug up so at the time of the murder in 92 the hospital was under construction so it is like completely possible Absolutely. that the women were dumped there in 2007 a woman named kathy baird who was like a web sleuth like an armchair expert you know whatever mm-hmm. began investigating the case and moved to springfield so that she could be like closer she set up her own tip line. She kept receiving these tips and decided that she was going to do something about it. So she hired a local mechanical engineer named Rick Norland, who specialized in ground penetration radar. Wow, I don't know why penetration was so hard to get out, but... Well. <laughs> so Kathy and Rick scanned the entire parking lot, and they found three anomalies. Okay. And Rick said... Rick said he could not definitively say what the anomalies were, but he did know that the, he did note that they were the same size and same shape of what he has seen in graveyards and like mass graves. Yeah, it's entirely plausible that yeah. they're in there, but unless you have like, and depending on how thick this foundation is, oh, it's like a it's a big parking lot. To conclusively say if that's a body or not, and with how it's a hospital, they're not gonna yeah, dig it up. They're not doing that. They're not. And so, like, 
two of the anomalies were, like, next to each other, and then another one was, like, below them perpendicular. That's weird. Um, so they brought all this to the police, you know, um, but the Springfield police, however, did not agree that they were conclusive enough to dig up, like, pay the money to dig it up, even after Rick and Kathy agreed to pay the fees to dig up this, like, parking lot. But it's not just so, yes, they agreed to pay the fees, but it's not just that. It's, like, how is it yeah. going to impact the hospital? Yeah. And I mean, and okay. where else are you going to reroute patients? And it's going to, logistically, it's a nightmare. Structurally, you have to pay to see if it's sound so that you can actually dig stuff up. So, like, that could cause a big freaking catastrophe if they do this and then the hospital falls. And caught, well, it's just the, like, parking lot. It, like, it's not even, it's just, but like, where they park. is it an underground parking lot? No, I think, uh, I think it's literally just, like, a, so, like, Stand whenever you go. parking lot. So, that's yeah. different. Like, if and it's see, that's why I'm like the structure, that's one thing. And I don't really agree with digging it up, because. Yeah, it's just simply the lot, like, where people park. And for me, like. Okay, Cox is, like, one of the biggest hospitals in Springfield, no doubt. And it serves, like, Buffalo, Missouri. Like, if you get Lifeline or, like, go to the hospital, like, you go to Cox and Mercy in Springfield. So, like, it is huge. Yeah, yes, yes, like yes. it's, like, Erlinger in Tennessee. Like, it's yeah. the hub. It's the hospital. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they just said they weren't going to dig it up, which I don't agree with. It's just a fucking parking lot. Just, like, block off the yeah. part you need if and dig it up. that's the case, but... I agree. And they've agreed yeah. to pay the fees and everything. So, like, yeah, do that. Yeah. Um, so Kathy, the armchair, whatever, sleuth, later went on TV to discuss these findings and she offered her own personal theories. So Kathy, Kathy stated that she believed Stacy was collateral damage and that Susie and Cheryl were the intended targets. But she said she would not talk about why she thought that, how uh. she came to this conclusion, or the motive behind this incident and her reasons is Kathy said that her life had been threatened multiple times and that she was told to quote leave the case alone or else you'll be buried too she also said quote there's a reason this case has not been solved and there is something very very dark at the bottom of it that's interesting what the fuck <laughs> like that's not exciting for you but it's exciting no. for me yeah so, despite thousands of tips and a few suspects, this trail has completely gone cold and has remained cold to this day. And so, in 1997, Susie and Cheryl were, were both declared um, legally dead. However, their cases, along with Stacy's, remained under the missing. And so, if alive, Cheryl would be 77 years old this year, Susie would be 48, and Stacy would be 47. And if you have any information regarding this case, you can contact the Springfield Police Department at 417-864-1810 or the Crime Stoppers at 417-869-8477. And that's the Springfield 3. Wow. Never right? heard of it before. That is interesting and concerning, and I am... I Fucked like up case. It. I like it. What a, that's a good case. I think that the ending with... The investigator saying that, like, that I my life that has been threatened. That just a bow on this case. Yeah. Uh, if I had to guess, I would say that um, the guy, whatever the fuck his name was, Robert, is a really, really good suspect. 
But I could also see a cop being involved just as easily. Mm. And, like, it's being covered up. Which, because that's not uncommon. That's not well, uncommon. Yeah, and if you're saying there's a reason this case hasn't been solved and there's something dark lying at the bottom of it, that definitely screams political cover, cover up. up. Yeah. yeah. Because the Robert guy, like, he's been convicted. Like, he's obviously a great suspect to pin this on, and they couldn't get it pinned on him. Mm-hmm. Well, podcast horse, thank you for joining us this week for our strange disappearances. Part one, Part one yeah, because we're splitting it. It's a little too long and like, yeah, yeah. just want to give you guys like a nice episode that you can listen to without it being, you know, four hours long. Yep. And mine has a Vietnam War tangent in it, (laughs) so we've gone on enough tangents today. So we got (laughs) to, yeah, we got to save some time for Kayla's tangent. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, we hope you come back next week and don't forget to reach out. Send us a voice message. It's linked in all the descriptions. Like, you know, contact us through Instagram, email. We want to hear from you. We're so happy that you're here. Like, We just love all of you. Yes. Thank you very much. Yeah. See you later, podcast tours.